You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. And Chris, it's just the two of us today. That's right. It's the dynamic duo because our uh, our other teammates are being uh, rebooted or continuity changes. You know how things go. You know how those Comics. things go. We'll have to reform <laughs> the team on our own. Uh, are you ready to talk about some Spawn? Yeah, kind of. Uh, just <laughs> no, I'm ready to tell you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Guys, uh, due to uh, some scheduling mishaps, we uh, had to push back our roundtable. Gonna, you're going to be able to hear it on the 25th of September. So uh, come back in a few weeks if you, if you want to hear that roundtable. If you want to be a part of it, we will be having it on the 22nd of September at FanQuest Comics and Games in New Arizona. So definitely come out and talk about Spawn 300 uh, after you get a chance to read it this week. So talking about that, what is on our spinner rack for this week? All right. So let's take a look. It's comic shop day. It's the best day of the week. Here it comes. So Batman issue 181 is getting a reprint of facsimile edition. Uh, this one's going to be exciting because this is actually the reprinting of the first appearance of Poison Ivy. Wow. I've never read it. And like checking out the cover, I'm very excited because... It kind of takes me back to Batman and Robin. And I know some people are like, ew. But it's funny because I didn't realize in the movie, I mean, it makes sense to have that tension between Batman and Robin over Poison Ivy. Right. And it kind of feels like that is like something that actually happened in the comic in her first appearance. So it's like, wow. Maybe that movie actually did have some good comic book accuracy. Yeah, and, maybe and comic book accuracy, but that's about it. Well, it's stretching for sure, but yeah. <laughs> but still, that's kind of neat, you know. So at least at least there was some homework done in that one. So that's great to see. That's fair. Um, I know I really appreciate these facts, Emily, so I hope DC and Marvel keep pumping them out. Uh, let's see. If you were a fan of Batman Damned and you want to get the complete thing in a nice collection addiction, the hardcover will be coming out this week. So that'll run to $29.99. Uh, beautiful art inside there. A lot of the spooky characters get their moments as well as Batman. You know, Dead Man, John Constantine, and Zatanna make some appearances in there. I know I bought it, and I just kind of scheduling threw it off because it wasn't consistent. So I haven't sat down and read my actual issues. Now, I know when it was released, it was kind of put in magazine format, so it was bigger. So I'm curious to see if they'll do the same thing with the hardcovers, mm. which I'm pretty sure they will. That'd be a smart idea. Uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 Part 5 of 6 is out. This is the one that takes the amalgam versions of Batman and the TMT and then has them team up. So I'm very excited about this. It's just fun. You know, it's just craziness. So I, uh, I'm i looking forward to it. I know I can't wait to see issue 6, the cover tease, the anti-monitor with Krang in his stomach. Mm. So kind of like how Krang always had his weird dopey body. Right. Thing. Yeah. So it's like, all right, that's going to be pretty twisted. <laughs> so once that comes out, I'm going to sit down and do a full read of this. Um, a new miniseries is starting, Batman versus Rachel Ghoul, number one of six. Now, this is entirely... I, I don't know... Okay, I have mixed feelings about this. This is all Neil Adams. It's like him writing it and him drawing it. Now, Neil can draw, 
His writing is a little rough sometimes, and I'm trying to be positive, <laughs> but it's it's just sometimes. So, I mean, I don't know if it's because, like, when he starts a story, he knows he's going to continue into another thing, because, like, I think he's kind of, like, I think this might be, like, the fourth miniseries in an overarching story, or maybe it's just because he wrote and drew them all that they feel like they're part of an overreaching story. Mm. So I don't know. So I, I tread with caution. Uh, apparently, though, it has gotten some tie-in to Year of the Villain, so it may or may not affect comic books as they currently stand. But again, Tom King's kind of playing with Year of the Villain. I don't know if it necessarily was meant to happen or if it was just like, hey, can we put this banner on your story since you've already had that plan? So kind of one of those things. But yeah. Uh, here's a big book that I enjoyed this week. I got to do an, an early review on this one. Deceased, A Good Day to Die. So that comes out today. If you haven't been reading Deceased, I recommend get on it. Like, I I know when Marvel Zombies came out, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, I would say when they first appeared in Ultimate Fantastic Four, it was better. Then the miniseries kind of dipped, and sometimes they'd be hit or miss. But DC doing deceased doing its own thing. Oh, dude, it's great! Like it's just crazy. So this one, Tom Taylor, he he he's gets he gets a one shot, you know, spinoff issue. And I mean, you've got Mister Terrific, Mister Miracle, Big Barda, John Constantine, Blue Beetle, and Booster Gold teaming up. Hmm. What a fucking crazy weird mix! And it's great. And like, and when you sit down and think about it, though, you're like, holy shit! New gods, technology, sorcery. Um, what else am I leaving out? Time travel. Time you know? travel. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just a crazy, powerful team if they figure this shit out. So <laughs> I enjoyed that book. I highly recommend it. Pick it up. I'm enjoying uh, Deceased, the series as it is, you know, so definitely do yourselves a favor. Uh, Dollar Comics will start coming up. So Dollar Comics is going to be a uh, DC reprint series that they're going to use, kind of cashing in on the idea that Marvel's doing with their own dollar reprints. So they will be re-releasing... Um, Detective Comics issue 854. This one's by Greg Rucka and J.H. Williams. And it's basically the first chapter of Bat- Batwoman's uh, fight against the religion of crime. So okay, I don't know if that was always a big thing of hers on her own or if that was just something that kind of came out of Final Crisis when they did that. But yeah. then again, maybe that's what went into yeah. Final Crisis. Yeah, I remember Countdown to Final Crisis or Countdown to 52, one of the two. Her, her separate book was the... the crime by by yeah. book so yeah so kind of dealt with like the specter and some of the weird mm-hmm. stuff there so yeah so yeah but you know but again tread carefully because they're probably going to pick a lot of these dollar comics to be part one of a trade paperback that you can go buy so <laughs> they'll set you up watch out first one's always free right that's right uh doom patrol the way to the world's part three is out so if you've been enjoying dc what do they call their app? DC Universe, right? Yes. Okay, so if you've been doing, enjoying DC Universe and some of their shows that are in one of them is Doom, uh, Doom Patrol, I've heard nothing but great stuff, so they've put out a miniseries as well. Uh, this one has some amazing art by Nick Darrington, and it is also written by Gerard Way and Doc Shaner art in there as well. So, I mean, you've got a lot of great winning stuff there, so definitely pick it up. Um, it just it looks like it's fun again this is probably one i'm gonna wait till it's done and then read the whole thing in its own no i know that they gerard wade had done a uh uh doom patrol book before is this just a reprinting of that book or is it i would say it's more like maybe a sequel oh they they brought them in to do a sequel they they came in like hey your stuff was great do another okay yeah so that's definitely gonna be so it's all new content you know it's new stories and stuff like that and it's gonna be the doom patrol and the crazy fashion of 
Gerard Way. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's see. Here's a blast from the past. This one isn't a reprint. You're going to hear this correct. Doomsday Clock, issue 11. What? <laughs> yeah, it's only been two years, but hey, cool stuff. Hey, we're almost at 12. Yeah, I know. That's all I'm at. I'm just to the point where I'm like, thank goodness, like it's almost over. And I don't mean that in a mean way. Like, I, I know I've probably been giving Jeff Johns some shit, but. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Can you already pre-order the the trade? You can. Is it, has um, it been solicited? But they only did it as part one. So, so you. Go ahead. So you have to buy two trades, essentially. You yeah. To, you to, well, that makes sense. It's six issues to a trade. I think that's garbage, though. It is garbage, especially since we had to wait for so long. Yeah. It should just there. The first thing that should come out is a twelve issue omnibus like that you can buy. Yeah. Like honestly, like I mean, like I was, I was all set to order the first edition. I was super hyped, and then they turn around and backed it from twelve to six, and it's like I didn't mind waiting. Obviously, I don't mind waiting. Like, look where I'm at with this. So it's like really. So I'm not picking up the split trade. I hate that. I mean, yes, it's a little bit nicer because you're packing less comics into it, so it'll hold better. It's not as heavy and all that fun stuff. But I mean, at the same time, I just don't want to have to go buy part one, then buy part two, and then they're going to turn around and put out a full collection. And then I'm just going to feel ripped. So, yeah, because like it was funny because I was thinking about it. I was like, OK, so you've got Watchmen, right? So technically we have prequels because that's when they did the before Watchmen. Right. Event. And to me, the only one that I really cared about um, would probably just be the. Um, oh, my God. Who are their J- Who was their JSA? They're old. The Minutemen. Uh, the Minutemen. So I enjoyed that one. That was written and drawn by Darwin Cook. I had a blast with that one. It gave me a little bit more insight to those characters. I thought it was great. I did try some of the others. I, I read the Dr. Manhattan one. It kind of felt like a throwaway. I mean, it was still like, I mean, it's JMS, you know, and oh. now everybody was like, oh, you know, turns out that's where the seeds to rebirth were. It's like, no, you're just trying to make your collection <laughs> sell higher on eBay. Um, and then they also had the, um, oh gosh, what was it? Uh, the Midnight, or no, uh, Night Owl, they had his. And I didn't mind it, but again, it was it didn't feel like it was anything relevant to like the overall scheme. But it's like, I really wish they would have done a single trade of Minutemen, have a trade of Watchmen, and then now have Doomsday Clock. And that way I could have that trilogy and just have it ready to go instead of... Because like when they did before Watchmen, they, they tried to team up two per trade. And so it's like, yeah, if I buy one, I'm probably getting another set of comics I don't really want. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, but yeah, now this will be a big issue. Um, we're going to get some more secrets behind Rebirth and what it means. So I'm stoked. I want some answers. I want to know what's going on. Uh, let's see. We also have Green Lantern issue 11 out. That's right, that crazy Grant Morrison fellow. He's putting out some more comics. And this one has Hal and Carol Ferris on the cover, which is great because that's like the big ticket couple. But I don't think that's his Carol. I think it's a multiversal Carol. Oh. So that's going to be really exciting to see how they play out with that. Because right now the current arc is very multiversal in itself. So, yeah, lots of fun stuff. Like, highly jump on this book as soon as you can. Uh, we have another Harley Quinn Poison Ivy miniseries coming out. So part one of six will be out. Um, there's no real tentative title to this one, but this one spins out of the events of Heroes in Crisis. So if you liked what you saw there and you want to see where they're at right now, then that's definitely going to be one of the trades for you to pick up. Or not trades, but the... Um, miniseries to pick up obviously we have a joker movie coming out so we have the joker his greatest jokes trade paperback so this is going to be a collection of all kinds of stories uh you'll get batman issues 8 67 145 263 53 366 
Detective 388, and then the Arc 833-834. Spectre 51, Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Harley versus Joker. So this is just a random collection all across the spanning of things. The one thing that I find that's sad about this collection, they didn't even put his first appearance in there, Batman number one. Like, put it in there. You hmm. know, that's, that's, that's a great one to have. But, you know, each to each. Uh, Justice League 31 is out. And as you saw last week, we got the JSA back on that last page cliffhanger. <laughs> but, hey, that's fine. We only had to wait a week. So I'm very excited. I'm enjoying this Justice Doom War arc. Um, granted, it's only part two. But, I mean, part one showed me some cool stuff. So I'm hyped. Legion of Superheroes Millennium Part 1 of 2 will be out. Um, uh, this comes straight from Brian Michael Bendis with some Jim Lee art. So obviously this is big if one of the co-publishers is willing to come back and do his, do some art for it. So there's going to be a lot of stuff. Batman Beyond, Com- Commandy, Tommy Tomorrow, and several other time-traveling characters along with the Legion of Superheroes will be involved in this one. So the nice thing about it is... It'll be a part one and part two, and then in the middle there will be little uh, one-shots for certain characters. So I'm just going to try getting parts one and two and see how well it reads. Uh, Lois Lane issue three will be out. Sandman, the Dream Hunters 30th anniversary edition trade paper trade paperback will be out as well. And then Supergirl 33, the replacement copy will finally be available to you as well. And Superman Up in the Sky part three of six will be out, and this continues the Tom King story of Superman. Let's see here. This time I'm going to make sure to emphasize it very well. Um, there's this little company called Spawn. Or sorry, not Spawn. There's this little company called uh, Image, Image. And they make Spawn comics. So uh-huh. this week we'll be getting Spawn 300. That's right. Um, there is a buttload of covers out there. So when you go to your comic shop, Take a look. See what you like. You know, pick what you want. Definitely uh, get the one from the master himself, Todd McFarlane, and then all kinds of great stuff's out there. I know issue 301 is going to feature a Alex Ross cover, and that looked really beautiful. So uh, uh, I might have to go grab myself a copy. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just saying it to be nice. All right. Let's see. Marvel Comics. We've got a lot coming for the Absolute Carnage event. Scream Part 2 of 3. Symbiote Spider-Man number one. Uh, Those two will be part of the main series itself. Nice tie-in issues as well. Uh, The Symbiote Spider-Man one looks pretty interesting. That comes to us from Peter David. So this is kind of like an untold tale. So this is going to be probably like a a flashback issue, but I think definitely putting it in the past is going to be right up Peter David's alley. So this could be a fun one there. Age of X-Man Prisoner X-Trade paperback will be out there to help complete your collection uh, if you enjoyed that event. Agents of Atlas, issue 205, is out, and this will continue off the uh, the amazing team that was formed from the, um, oh my god, War of the Realms. So on the cover, we see uh, uh, Adamus Cho's Hulk. Uh, he's, he's firmly embracing, oh god, I don't know her name. I don't know her name, so he's embracing a character. And then we have Silk in the background spying on them. So there's definitely going to be some potential love interest and stuff like that. So we'll see what's happening there. I don't know who that is either. Yeah, she's, um, she's definitely very new. I don't know if she was just new for that miniseries or maybe a, a, a revamping of a character. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I mean, the blue hair make, makes me think uh, Nori from X-Men, the one that has... Uh, uh, what's her name? Surge. She's super speed oh, and electricity yeah, yeah. powers a little bit, but I believe the last time I saw her was she was uh she was uh homosexual. So I don't think 
don't know, think she, she would, would be with, with uh, into, into Adamus there. Adamus, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, like, but it's definitely that's that's what's fun though is the the team drama. So mm-hmm. it's like, does does that imply that Silk maybe had a crush on Adamus Cho? Mm. You know, is, is that little Hulkling very lucky lucky right now to have these beautiful ladies? I don't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> tune in <laughs> days of our uh, agents. Technically, of <laughs> shouldn't Silk be much older than Adamus Cho? Because she's oh, supposed yeah. to be the same age as Peter. Well, yeah, but you know how these comics go. It's like one minute I'm an adult, but then you put me on a teeny superhero team. Now I'm a teen. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just so random. You know, like because yes, there are some characters where they will retain their age, and there's some characters, man. It's just fluid. It just hey. Whatever serves the story. Whatever man. serves the story. <laughs> uh, let's see. Alpha Flight will be getting a new uh, two-part miniseries called True North. So this will definitely be fun for you to to get to revisit the classic Alpha Flight team. Now I don't know if that means classic in the sense that it's a reprint of, or if it's the a, a misplaced time story, or if it's going to be modern stuff. But definitely enjoy it if you're if you're a fan of the Alpha Flight. Amazing Spider-Man going big number one. Okay, now this is going to be huge. There's so many people that came. Or sorry, not. I, I'm sorry, I'm messing this one up. Jerry Conway and Eric Larson make their return to Spider-Man. Now this is just going to be in celebration of the um, Marvel's 80th anniversary, and so they're getting creative talents to come back. So if you were a fan of Jerry Conway, the man who created the Punisher, killed Gwen Stacy, started the original Clone Saga, and Eric Larson, the man of the Savage Dragon, who also did some great 80s and 90s Spider-Man stuff, they'll be teaming up with Mark Bagley himself and then doing a killer story out there as well. Emphasis on the killer. What does that mean? Who knows? (laughs) Uh, Fantastic Four, issue 14, will be out as well, continuing the first family of Marvel's adventures. This time they go in space with the intent of revisiting where they got their cosmic rays. So are they going for a double dip or are they just trying to see what happened to that situation? Future Foundation, the sister book to Fantastic Four, we will finally get to see the maker. That's right. What's he doing? Where's he been? And is he not Charles Xavier over in House of X? Who knows? But answers will not be answered here, probably. Uh, (laughs) Ghost Spider Annual number one will be out. This takes part of the Acts of uh, Vengeance storyline that's going all across the... uh, the, uh, all across the annuals. So Ghost Spider, a.k.a. Spider-Gwen, a.k.a. Gwen Stacy, she will be facing Murder World. So that basically means Arcade and all his twisted little uh, variations that he can do. House of X, issue four, will be out this week. And if you are late to that train, which you shouldn't be because you should have been on it from day one, but if you are late, House of X, issue one, is getting a third printing. I tell you, I am enjoying the series. Like... Thankfully, it's weekly, and like I'm starting to catch on to the whole House of X and Powers of Ten, what the titles mean, mm-hmm. and it's great because like seriously, one issue happens, then the next one comes back to really explain and then fill in the gaps. That's so good. that's that's really cool stuff. Uh, Hickman, thank you. This is cool. Immortal Hulk hits issue 23. So as we're getting approaching a very famous number 25, we're going to see a lot of big things happening. So basically, we're going to have the new Abomination and the whole the immortal hulk face off so that's going to be some crazy stuff because those two are hand in hand uh arch nemesis 
Uh, Marvel Art of Joe Quesada hardcover will be getting a reprinting. So these are great books. Like if you have a, an artist or talent that you really appreciate, these Art of Marvel books are out there to feature a lot of their great art. So Joe Quesada, I appreciate his art. So this one's definitely neat stuff up there. Marvel Comics Presents Issue 7 will be getting a second printing. So that's right. Now that we know Wolverine has another daughter, these stories are now starting to be ha- uh, highly sought after. So definitely a lot of people are going to be going there. Old Man Quill, number nine, will be released. This has been a series, like, I, it's tough. I want to tell you to wait for it, but at the same time, I also want to tell you to be reading it. Um, I recently sat down and did some back issues, and I read, like, one through seven. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. It reads so great. Like, it's just like, holy crap, this is great. So now I'm finally caught up to the book. I read eight, and now I'm waiting for nine. But I highly recommend that this is, like... Like, I, I missed out on Old Man Logan. I didn't go at the start. I didn't have any care to it. Then when they brought him back during the Secret Wars, I was like, okay. I went back, bought those issues, the trade, read it, enjoyed it. Um, I bought the Secret War stuff, still haven't read it. I know when they did Hawkeye, I think you were mentioning it. You enjoyed it, right? Um, you know, and especially, too, they put drop that little bit of, like, Daredevil being in there. So it's like, ooh, maybe that'll be another character <laughs> that could spin out. Yeah, Hawkeye was um, great. Uh, Old Man Logan's, I mean, just a good story. Oh, yeah. No, that world is because, like, I mean, each of these characters have suffered. Mm -hmm. They are just at their worst. And it's it's hard to see and it's great to read. (laughs) So, yeah. So, Old Man Quill, definitely go check that one out. Uh, Powers of X issue one gets a third printing as well. Punisher 15 will be out this week. And this is where we're going to see some street-level heroes teaming up. Punisher will get Night Thrasher, Moon Knight, Black Widow, and a Ghost Rider. We don't know which one. I think I do. I think it's going to wind up being uh, uh, Danny Ketch. I think he's back in the main bike there. So anyways, they're going to team up. They're going to take out some street-level crime. And they're also going to be start kind of confronting uh, Mayor Fisk. So we're going to see what's going on there. Savage Avengers, the book nobody asked for is out there. This is the ragtag angry team with Conan. <laughs> I don't know. I still have yet to wrap my mind around it. But, I mean, it, it sounds cool. But then again, when you have Strike Force coming out from Marvel very soon, which is also another ragtag team of angry misfits of the Marvel Universe teaming up, it's like, it feels a little redundant. You know? <laughs> but here's the one that blows my mind. Marvel's going to be having an event they're soliciting in their comics right now. So if you go to your local comic shop and you start putting your orders in, they're going to be doing a big 2099 anniversary uh, relaunch and all that fun stuff. They're going to have Conan 2099. So it's like, wait a second, this guy's like prehistoric. Now he's in the modern Marvel U, and now he's going to be in the Marvel U 2099? Holy crap, this dude. What are your supplements, man? What are you taking? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Spider-Man by John Byrne. Omnibus hardcover will be reprinted. Spider-Woman number one will be getting a facsimile edition as well. So if you've always wanted to see more about uh, the origins of Jessica Drew, this is probably the most famous of the Spider-Women. Um, her early issue, I don't think this is her first appearance, but one of her early issues will be reprinted, and this will feature the works of Marv Wolfman and Carmine Infantino. So, so go ahead. Is, that, what is, is she a mutant? Is she... It's tough. Like I've always kind of considered her, I would say she's like, Kind of like how the Fantastic Four would be like. Like she was experimented more on. Okay. So it's like she was just a normal person. But I think from her childhood, they start doing experiments uh. on her. So it's like while she may be close to like X-23 status, like experimented on, but I wouldn't say she was a direct mutant at the start of it all. Right. She's more like 11 from Stranger Things. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Like she's, she's just that. Okay. So yeah. So it definitely, you know, this will be a fun one to pick up. A lot of great stuff in there. Uh, let's see. 
Now it's the best part of this. True Believers, so this is going to be the dollar stuff. Uh, True Believers Hulk Head of Banner number one will be out. So this should be reprinting the... Um, the Marvel Age. So this is going to go back to Incredible Hulk issue six, which was the last issue of Incredible Hulk. He was one of the first Marvel books to actually get canceled pretty early on. So you can go there and read and see what's happening to the original saga of the Hulk. And then the other one is True Believers Hulk Intelligent Hulk number one. This is going to reprint Incredible Hulk issue 272. Now from the cover, I see the Hulk being attacked by the Wendigo, who is then attacked by Sasquatch of Alpha Flight. So I don't know if this is the one where we start getting Professor Hulk or not. That's what the title's leading me to believe, but I could be wrong. Uh, Thanos Rising, this is the uh, brand new origin of Thanos. That'll be being reprinted in the Marvel Select fashion. Venom Unleashed volume one will be reprinted in trade form war of realms new agents of atlas will finally be collected in trade paperback so if you're definitely looking forward to the agents of atlas team this is where their origins and foundation come from web of black widow number one will be out and this will kind of go back into the past of natasha romanoff while dealing with a current news story so they're billing it more as a black widow year one which is perfect timing because we have a movie coming. So there's definitely going <laughs> to be some that. time. Look at Yeah. So definitely a lot of good stuff there. So that's what's out at your comic book store. Wow. That is a, quite the hefty one. Um, yeah. There's definitely a lot of things you should go to your local comic book store to check out this week. What's uh, what's something that you've been reading? So let's see. Diving um, into. I guess... Um, I've been going back into some Ghost Rider back issues because right now he's going to be getting a, a um, there's a current arc going on in Avengers, the uh, Challenge of the Ghost Riders, which is eventually going to lead into a Ghost Rider ongoing series, Beware the Ghost Rider. So with it being Johnny and Danny, I've actually gone back and looked through my back issues and my trades and I'm, going, I'm currently reading Ghost Riders. Um, Oh, God, heaven's on fire. So if I remember correctly, I think that was the last time Johnny and Danny teamed up. So it's been kind of interesting. Like, it's definitely it's heavy art. Uh, that was one of the great things about when when Jason Aaron was writing Ghost Rider. A lot of cool ass visuals and stuff like that. So I'm just trying to wrap my mind around all the crazy shenanigans of heaven and hell, Ghost Riders being fallen angels and all this crazy stuff. So yeah, so that's been where I've at. What about you? You do any back issue reading or, or current stuff? Uh, kind of back issue reading. So um, back when a year two years ago when they rebooted or not rebooted started a new volume for runaways um they brought in victor mancha again you know uh, oh the son of victor von doom right no no so he was in the in the first original runaways run the uh, ultra vol, vo, volume yeah yeah they made okay. him think at one voltron created him but yeah. he made him think that he was the son of doom at one point um but yeah victor mancha is the is the son of ultron so it's essentially he's the brother division, brother division. grandson to hank pym all that good stuff. So they started up that Runaways uh, volume. I think it's volume, I think it's volume three at this point. Um, he is showed up and he's just a head, and huh. and uh, he he is he is shut down. I'm using air quotes. Can't really see it. We're using we're audio <laughs> podcast. We need but, to make a, a sound. <laughs> <laughs> but um, at one point, you find out that he's just pretending to be shut down. He just it's his way of like escaping the real world. He, he people think that he's he's shut down. They just talk to him and he just has to sit there and listen. He doesn't have to worry about anything because no one thinks that he's he can hear them. Mm-hmm. So reading that, I was like, well, how did he lose? You know, how did he become just a head? 
And uh, the you know, thank you for the little editor notes at the bottom. It says, if you want to know that story, go back to Avengers AI. So I bought those two oh, trades. That's right. yeah, yeah. I bought the trades one uh, issues one through six, and then issues seven through twelve. And I was like, oh, you know, and I, I want I would love to find out that story because that sounds interesting. It's Hank Pym, you know, heading a, a team of Avengers, quote unquote Avengers, that are going to deal with. AI crimes or crimes that are going to be involved in the AI crimes. And it's like, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, it's a neat Avengers theme. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and Hank Pym being the scientist that he is, you know, should be, he's the one who created Ultron. It should be, the, you know, it the makes thing. sense to be the man in charge of that. Exactly. So, uh, the, you know, those trades obviously take place before the whole Ultron Hank Pym merger. Oh, God. Big time. <laughs> like maybe three, four years. Okay. So I just didn't. I, I didn't know what to go in and expecting it. I, I, I guess I really wanted it to be good. It is not. It's just, it wasn't fun, like, at all. And you can see after issue six, they must have had, like, poor issue sales. So they brought in uh, Captain America and Rogue to be on the team. It's just like, <laughs> that seems odd. But I guess that would be the Captain America that's Steve, right? No, I think we're still no because uh, Ultron Pym was part of Secret Empire, so we're still at this is this is like Uncanny Avengers basically. Like I think that's yes. why they probably invited them. Like oh yeah, but that would have been after Steve got brought back from being old to being young, right? Okay, well, do you remember was he in his classic Captain America costume or was he in like a? Different, a variation one. Uh, I think it's a variation of one. Okay, then maybe it is. I mean, well, he, he just hasn't. He hasn't revealed. His hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I see. Yeah, so I think. Uh, yeah, and then once they go into the the virtual reality world or the AI world, whatever you want to call it, you know, they definitely have another type of look. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's it it could have it could have been so much more. Essentially, essentially, they create this AI world where Vision is going to go and he's going to. He's gonna be like, this is where I I felt like I should have been. I belonged all this whole time because these are people that understand me. Like I can't be in the real world. Like people, you know, I'm not one Always of them. Looked at weird. Yeah, and exactly. Accepted. And essentially, it just becomes another micro universe that you know Hank Pym used to travel to when he was in <laughs> when he when he shrank down to below Ant Man kind of status. Um, I liked the characters, so the team had um, Hank Pym and Monica Chang as your two uh, leaders. You had uh, Victor Mancha, a Doombot. Oh, that's right. I forgot he was on that team. Um, Vision, and I think there was one more. But Wasn't there a good Ultron on the team, or maybe that was just for an issue or something? No, I, I read through all the all twelve issues. There wasn't okay. a good Ultron. But the thing is, they're trying. They a big MacGuffin throughout the whole thing is this this particular diamond, and it has a, a weird name. But it's it's what the exists where the 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 AI world exists and stuff like that. And at the very last issue, when they they're talking about that diamond, the diamond has the face of Ultron on it. So I'm guessing that led into something later on, probably in regular. Avengers books or something like that, but maybe <laughs> it just even then it might not have paid off. Yeah, that's true just, too. Yeah, could have just been something lost in itself. It just it just wasn't. Oh, Jacosta, Jacosta was on the team. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, it it's just I don't know, just wasn't that interesting. It, nothing real, no real big payoff. I, I don't, I doubt Vision ever goes back to that world, even though he's supposed to be kind of a de facto ruler over there, or not even ruler. He's more like their representative to the Amer- to the to the outside world kind of thing and 
ambassador. I don't know. Well, I'd say probably with the success of Tom King's division, they were just like, yeah, forget that. Yeah, <laughs> this exactly. is where we're at now. Because right <laughs> I do. I remember picking up that book. I bought. I bought one issue myself when they had the crossover with Daredevil, and just because I liked the fact that. Um, Mark Wade was writing Daredevil at the time, and he had a, a nice little crossover with Hank and Matt, and they both got to share their uh, they got to share their memories with each other, and like they kind of became merged. So it was really interesting to see these two guys, and like, oh wow, I didn't realize how much pain you were in, what you were going through. So I thought that was a cool uh, story beat between the two. Yeah, that, so that's pretty much the only thing I got through this past week. Uh, all twelve issues of that in trade form yeah well i mean this like i would have to say like i know i've got to get caught up on some reading and and where i'm at right now versus where i will be (laughs) time travel um but this last week there was a lot of good comics that came out um spider-man life story came to a conclusion now i cheated and flipped through it real quick so i could see the ending oh wow Wow. oh wow well because it's kind of cool like i love that they're still doing the years so with this being part six the final chapter it took place in 2019 so i mean miles morales was there uh dr awk has been the overarching villain of the series so we see the sinister spider or not the sinister superior superior spider-man and holy shit what a great twist wow Um, peter parker has a great big moment in there and just the history in that world is always fun stuff um marvel comics 1000 came out that's right i want to ask you about that yeah i got mine same thing I, i cheated i flipped through it i was very excited um there's Pages by pages. So like each year something happened, they tried to reflect a page in there. So I'm bad with my time right now. I want to say I think it was 2012 or 2013. That page they had Mr. Arson, not Mr. <laughs> Wrong Company. They had Miracle Man. And that's huge because like, I mean, Miracle Man comics, they haven't been like, there hasn't been new stuff in forever. So the fact that we got a page is like, oh shit, this is big. So I thought that was very exciting. Um, I want to see Miracle Man interact with the Marvel Universe, but at the same time, I get it. A lot of people are going to be like, well, this is just Doomsday Clock. You know, it's, it's taking another Alan Moore story and merging it in one of the big two, but I'm not against that stuff. So I don't mind. But what popped onto your mind with, um, uh, Marvel Comics. I mean, 1000. the joke first is the first thing that jumps up. Do I need to read one through ninety nine or nine ninety nine first? Uh, they'll or? do a good job. They'll have editors' notes in there, so they'll give you a heads up, so you're good. I mean, is it, it's essentially like reading Action One Thousand or uh, or ba- or Detective One Thousand, where it's just like a bunch of little stories and stuff like yeah. that. It's just a great big celebration. Like, I would say, if you do get issue one thousand, go and get issue one thousand or one. Um, like they, they purposely like it's supposed to be a self-contained story. And so there's something like I, there was a mask. I don't think it was the Medusa mask, but there's a mask that comes back or that begins in 1939. You watch it travel throughout the Marvel universe in our time from 1939 till 2019 in those 80 years. And each page represents a year. So whatever big was going on, there'll be that. So like, I'm sure if you turn to the page that represents 1963, you'll see the X-Men interact with that. The Avengers interact with that because that was the year they made their debut appearances and stuff like that. Um, I I think issue 1000 will be standalone, but then 1001 will kind of like, oh, hey, how's this mask acting right now? And what are the potential setups for the future? You know, but yeah, it's just going to be a giant. Uh, they used to call them jam issues back in the day. So like 
I would do a page, and then that would set you up. I'd hand it off to you, and you'd do your page, and then I would set you up to leave it to the next person, stuff like that. So why is it that why why was it called one thousand? Like it's it's obviously oh not it's the totally issue. that it's just biting on the success of thousand uh, issues. Okay, yeah, it's like hey, it's a big celebration year, you know? Because yeah, Action Comics, Action Comics one thousand did hit the one thousandth issue. Uh, you know, the anniversaries of Superman and and Action Comics had already happened, if I remember correctly. Now, Detective Comics 1000, which came out this year, worked out perfectly to be Detective's 1000th issue and the 80th anniversary of Batman, not necessarily the 80th anniversary of Detective Comics. Right. So, but you know, Detective Comics, which is a shame. There should be more history right. for Detective Comics itself, but it's, it's but a Batman they hit, title. Yeah, so once like, they hit yeah. Batman, they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to stick with this. Yeah, that's all they're going to do. Um, and so, yeah, it's just riding off those coattails. Was it any significant uh, milestone or anniversary for Marvel? Just the fact that it's its 80th anniversary. Oh, it is the 80th yeah, for yeah. Marvel. Okay. So, yeah, the year Marvel really took off with Marvel Comics number one with uh, the Android Human Torch and the Submariner. That happened to be the same year that uh, Batman came out as well. So 1939. Yeah, 1939. All right, that's interesting. Uh, all right, let's let's get into what our actual uh, topic for today is because we didn't mention it earlier. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> there is a new show on Dish Network's Epics Channel. It is called pennyworth it is created a show created by the same creator of the tv show gotham which was on fox bruno heller now this show has absolutely nothing to do with gotham <laughs> keep that in mind just like gotham had nothing to do with batman <laughs> essentially but uh i would say this show is great like it it doesn't really have i mean you're not going to see batman you're not going to see any of that stuff i don't think you're going to see any direct ties to batman other than alfred um, but you already saw, you see Thomas Wayne in the first two episodes. You see Martha Kane in the first or the third and fourth episode. Um, the show is really good. You have X, X SAS, uh, member Alfred Pennyworth comes back to his hometown after being in war and military. And he, uh, sets up what he calls a, a protection agency, so to speak, like, a, <laughs> um, you know, like, um, private security. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, like Blackwater or whatever. Joe, uh, he's uh, Jones. I can't think of her name. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Well, so, he's not he, in, like, I mean, he won't have the private investigator yeah. part, but he'll have the, you know. Like, he's offering up his services. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really good show. Like a lot of people were setting it up to be a spy show. Like people thought it was going to be like him being MI6 and stuff like that, but it's not. He's not a spy in it. It's more, there is a lot of like, it's more. MI five, I guess, because that'd be the the equivalent of FBI, because he's yeah. he's investigating stuff that's happening in their country, not in outside yeah, countries, not, not spycraft. Um, but it, he is very very hands on and like I'll solve this pro problem with my fist kind of thing <laughs> every once in a while. Uh, but he he also shows his intelligence, like he, he solves problems without using his fist. Nice, good. So it's it's a good it's a really good show. I really I really dig it. Um, just like Gotham, not the show Gotham, but like <laughs> the the world that Gotham that that Batman usually lives in that is Gotham. The 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 London that they are showing us kind of exists in a whole bunch of different time periods at the same time. Um, I mean, you'll see public executions in this show that's taking place in 1977, where wow. they hang the person and then disembowel them in front of a uh, a. a 
watching public. Like, I know that they had public executions <laughs> up till 1975 or something like that, but yeah. I don't think they disemboweled people in front of they, everyone. They went that hardcore. <laughs> uh, it was pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. It's pretty. It's a really good show. But with that happening, it'd be great to know some. 101 on Alfred Pennyworth. So we, we, we have had a lot of different people portray him in the different uh, live action and animated shows and yeah. movies. But how long has he been around in the comic books? Well, okay, so his, uh, his origins are very complicated. So the first time we get an Alfred, and if I, if I did my math correctly here, I think this is Alfred Beagle. So this happens in... Um, Batman issue 16 and this is April of 1943 so by this point Batman's been around for five years operating Robin is even around by now so Alfred was a late addition to the to the Batman quote unquote family of the day so Alfred Beagle was created by Don Cameron and Bob Kane, which we all know is the, the artist side of it. So Don Cameron was a brand new writer and the, 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 the lore behind this is that uh, when they were doing the 1943 Batman serial, so like the first Batman movie, uh, they had an Alfred there. And so it was kind of like, hey, if you're going to be doing this in the show, then do it in the comics. So they had him come in to create an, ep- an, an issue where he inserted Alfred into the story. So it's kind of funny because I know I bitch about that stuff. And it's like, oh, well, I'm okay when it was something that happened before my time. But after my time, don't screw with my comics. <laughs> so I'm enjoying my crow as I eat it currently. But anyways, uh, things definitely changed. It was Detective Comics number 83 where we started getting a different version of Alfred. Uh, this is where he started to become the slimmer, trend, mustached version that we know. Now, I saw that that was because of the serials. Yep, exactly. They, the, the movie serials that would show in movie theaters that were, I think they were like 15 minutes long. It's, they're it's short like stuff. That. Yeah, they were just the shorties before the big film. But yeah, you had the actor come on and he was trim and had a, a little pencil mustache. Yep. Yeah, because the original Alfred, he was just a big... A big fat bumbling oaf of a, of a gentleman. Right. Like, I mean, he was oblivious to the fact that Batman and Robin were Batman and Robin. Like he didn't even know their identities. Um, and so, yeah. But then, obviously, the actor went up there. So it was basically they knew it was coming. So stick it in the comics. They didn't know how it was going to be. Then once they saw how it was, it was like, oh, let's change it and make him match that. So basically, Star Lord. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a Star Lord before Chris Pratt, and then there's a Star Lord after Chris Pratt. <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, so yeah, so he's definitely a, a very early 1940s character. Uh, they even took that Alfred and, you know, they, oh, he went to a resort and lost all the weight and became less goofy yeah. you know, and stuff like that. Um, but then even then, like, they killed him off pretty early. Uh, they, they got rid of him. I would say definitely Alfred probably got a feature spotlight because of Batman 66, the Adam West show. So the fact that they had the Alfred on there, and I don't have the name. So that actor was Alan Napier. Yes. Which is, if you, that nap, last name sounds familiar, it's <laughs> Jack Napier was the, na- was the name that Jack Nicholson went by in the Batman 89 movie. I'm, I'm sure that has to be an homage to Alan Napier. I imagine there's probably got to be definitely something there. But he was, he was a great Alfred. Uh, I remember as yes. a kid, um, when Batman the Animated Series came out because of the success of Batman and Batman Returns. So my first Alfred was Michael Goth. Yes. from the Batman 89 and Batman 9 Returns. And so anyways, that caused Fox to be like, hey, 
let's rerun you know the Batman eighty six show and I love doing yeah there we go eighty six <laughs> weird show no but Batman uh, sixty six and I thought he was a great Alfred mm-hmm. you know I just I felt he was way more focused he was way more used than uh, Alfred Goff was and I enjoyed him I thought he was great I I would say he probably holds up as my favorite live action version of Alfred okay. What about you, though? Who would you say your favorite My one My favorite one um, right now, Jack Bannon, who plays the, the <laughs> one on the show. But that's just because he's more active. Right. Um, favorite live action one, though, um, is it Michael Goff? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Goff is pretty great. And, and he did all four of those, uh, you know, Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher Batman movies. Michael Caine was really good though too. Mr. Wayne. Yeah. I like I liked Michael Caine's uh except for at the very end. Um I didn't like him how he really I mean and I guess that's that's that was Nolan's way of being like, "Hey, if this man actually did raise Bruce Wayne, he wouldn't want him to go out there and keep putting himself yeah, at putting risk." His life at, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, almost dying over and over. He'd want his son so to speak, to be right. to live a life and, and have a family and stuff like that. So, but I like the Alfred that's like, no, my son's gonna do this whether I help him or not. So I better give him the best footing that I possibly. I can. like that. Yeah, it's like you know, um, you know that this is gonna happen with or without you. Right. So you're better off being there in order and to, training him. Yeah, to make sure he's safer because of it. You know, which Sean Perwey did a great job of in the Gotham TV show. I mean, we just got done saying how it wasn't the greatest show, but like Pertwee and David Mazou's uh, relationship as Alfred and Bruce was actually really good. Oh, no, that was definitely one of the more endearing moments of the show. Like, yeah. If they could just do a supercut of their interactions <laughs> and release that, I'd be all over it because yeah. I think that was great stuff. Um, yeah, you're right. That actor, he did a great job as well as a television Alfred. You know, mm-hmm. I thought he was fine in there. I tell you, you know what's one that makes me sad that we didn't get to see more of? Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons, yeah. I his, would love to have seen more of his Alfred. It would have been nice. Yeah, but... It definitely would have been nice. The the few scenes we have of him in Batman v Superman, he is he is pretty great. The even less scenes that we have him in Justice League, it's just like, well, it, it's just a shame that he, he didn't get more. Yeah, it is. I mean, you got this talented actor. Yes. And I mean, it fits too, because that's something that a lot of people... <clears throat> forget about with Alfred is that he is also an actor as well. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's one of the things that I want to get into. It's like over the years, we've had so many different iterations of the Alfred origin. You know, he's ex military. He's ex Royal, uh, Royal Shakespearean theater. He's ex uh, cook. He's ex, uh, you know, uh, SAS or MI6 or, you know, all these things that he's done that eventually he's also a field medic. So yeah. he's, all these things that help him in the, the, well, in the his journey. future life. Yeah. yeah. It will, the future life For, of yeah. Bruce. Yeah. Of being able to, you know, do the wounds that Bruce is going to come back with, show him how to, uh, uh, command men, how to act as, uh, matches Malone yeah. you know all these things that he we'll talk about the perfect jack of trade yes. and to find his way into a convenient life where it was definitely going to be needed as yes. much. yeah no um I yeah uh, and then there's the, okay so there's the whatever happened to um the dark knight 
Is that what it was called? Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever Happened to the Dark... Yeah, that two issues in Detective Comics by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. No. Whatever, no, whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader. Cape Crusader, thank yes. you, yeah. So uh, in that one, there's that, that small story where it's supposed to be that Alfred, he's like, well, he needed an enemy, so I had to become that enemy. And he's oh, seen putting God, on the yeah. Joker makeup, which is com- completely ri- ridiculous, <laughs> but I just liked the idea for a second, being like, that's funny. That's yeah. just kind of... No, it, it was wild. I mean, like, oh, my God, that, that the, the fact that... He dies just to be reborn again. Mm-hmm. It was like, I mean, Neil Gaiman took a crazy trip on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was definitely, it's a story of its own. But yeah, that, you're right. That was kind of a neat thing to show because like Alfred is like beyond fiercely loyal. Mm-hmm. Like if you could meet somebody like that in your real life, keep them because that is just insane stuff. You mm-hmm. know, like what a great character. And it is funny because he's obviously been molded into like this amazing jack of all trades because of what Batman's... Uh, crime necessities yes, will needs. Need. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, oh well, how did he learn this? Because Alfred gave it to him. You know? <laughs> I was a great boxer, so that way you know how to be a boxer. Do you think that's <laughs> kind of the reason why they don't ever? We haven't had an Alfred Pennyworth year one. Like, we don't want to set down a a direct origin. That way, you can't be like, well, it's not in the year one. How could we? How could he teach that to Batman? Like, I no, because DC is not above changing origin stories. Like, true. I, they're not above that. I just. I think we do have an Alfred Year One. We just haven't called it Alfred Year One. Okay. Because it's like, like okay, one story that I like. Obviously, we, we love to talk about stuff that we recommend you read. So there's a three issue miniseries, and I want to say it came out late 70s, early 80s, and it's called The Untold Legend, or I think it's Batman The Untold Legend of the Dark Knight, or The Untold Legend of Batman. Anyways, it's a three issue miniseries. It's very uh, pre-crisis Batman, so it's the Silver Age Batman. But it's cool because he's post Neil Adams, so he's dark again. You mm-hmm. know, so he's not the the the, the light knight. Um, anyways, with that, like it's this three issues, and it goes through and it explains everything. It tells you the origins of the villains, it tells you the origins of Batman and Robin, it tells you the origins of Alfred and Wayne Estates and stuff like that. And that one does mention it. Like we do see Alfred in action in battle. Um, you know, then he comes back. Back home and he's like okay I'm gonna be a, a classically trained Shakespearean actor and then he gets telegrammed from his father and it's like I've served the Waynes the Pennyworth family has always served the Waynes and you are my child so you must come fulfill your destiny right. he's like I'm an actor why do I want to go be a butler but it's your father you have to honor him so then he shows up and then we see how he gets introduced into the life of Batman and Robin um, so clearly that was how it was like he came afterwards now most of the iterations we're familiar with he helped raise Bruce with the Waynes and then so, the Waynes you know, he killed yeah and then we've seen him solely raise that so I mean I like that I like the fact that he's been with Bruce since birth Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Obviously, it makes Alfred hell old, but I, I like that. I love the fact that it's like... Because I've always enjoyed... Like, while I enjoy the relationship between Bruce and Alfred, I think the relationship between Dick and Alfred is way better. Because this time he realized, he's like, I should have been there. I, I should have said no. Yes. I should have not enabled a child. I should have allowed him to, be, to, have, to have a childhood. Yeah. And with that, it changes the whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. Because... Again, another story to, to plug. Uh, it's Nightwing, and it's subtitled Alfred's Return. It's a one-shot. Um, I love that one. Like I actually just reread it before we talked about this, and it was crazy because I remember during nights, well, Nightfall and Night Quest, 
And Batman, you know, he was at his worst. I mean, he was like getting ripped apart. Alfred was sewing him up, and it's like I just sewed that up yesterday. And now it's ripped again, and you know, Batman's in a wheelchair because of Bane. And Alfred's trying to tell him, like, I need you to calm down. And it is. It's like, I'm your father. I don't want to see you do this day in and day out. And Batman's like, I'm the fucking Dark Knight. <laughs> you know? And so he's going to do what he does. And then finally, Alfred's like, then if you continue this, I will leave. And that was a huge moment. Like, oh, my God, Alfred actually left. He got tired of it. And, you know, Alfred does his thing. And I love the, 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 the meeting between Nightwing and Alfred in the story is because Nightwing shows up. So he finally tracks down Alfred. And he's like, you know... My, my my best friend, my father, leaves without saying goodbye. And, like, that two pages was just intense, you know? Like, Alfred's like, you know what? I was just so beside myself with my own grief and my own disdain that I didn't even think of it affecting anybody else. And it was like, oh, man, that was such, a, like, a beautiful moment between those two because, you know, Dick had only Alfred, Batman wasn't there. Bruce wasn't there, you know, and it was like, man, that was huge. So, yeah, like I, I really love that issue. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely a fan of him being around, but I am a fan of those things that they've incorporated. So, like I said, I don't think we have an Alfred year one, but we do have it subplanted into those stories. So speaking of of how he treated Dick differently after, you know, after Dick Grayson became part of the, the, the family. Going into Jason Todd, do you feel he, tra- he treated Jason differently? I think, in my mind's eye, the way I view it, he was definitely there for Jason, but Jason didn't want it. Okay. You know, because he here's a kid. Him. Yeah, like here's a kid who grew up on the streets. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, you're a manservant? Get out of here with that bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. And because like, the thing is, I would say Dick is there from like probably the age of eight or nine, and he's there all the way till like. You know, 18, 18 when he was 19, college, yeah, yeah, something like that. And that's when, like, the whole cutting ties happens. Jason gets picked up, and I would say, honestly, I think he was only maybe Robin for, like, a year. Okay. I, I don't think he has that much time in the suit and in the life. And, you know, like, he may have been like, okay, yeah, this guy cooks good food and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, it was kind of like, dude, you're this guy's butler. I don't <laughs> care, you know? So there's really no relationship between the two. So then... Uh, Jason gets killed in the line of duty. Right. How does that... I mean, we see how that affects Batman when dealing with Tim. How does that affect Alfred in dealing with Tim? That is a damn good story that needs to be written. Okay. Um, I Because honestly, like, I mean, yeah, you could read Death of the Family and you could read the subsequent issues afterwards. But the last issue, like, I mean, you see Alfred mourn and he's at the, fu- at the funeral and I think maybe he gets a thought bubble. I think... As much as Batman considers that his greatest failure, I think Alfred is like, this is the worst that I've done. Like, that's got to be the worst thing he's ever done because, you know, yes, he saw what it did to Bruce and he saw what he could do to guide Dick into a better life. But without him making that connection with Jason and still allowing Jason to go out, it led to his death. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's actually a really good point. That's got to be a lot of torture on his mind. And that's some of the things that sometimes is sad about Batman comic stories. Because, like, Batman the Killing Joke, everybody's like, oh, my God, this story is great. It's a great Batman story. It's a great Joker story. But it's, like, it's a really good Batgirl story. I mean, it really forged her. It, it changed her. It put her on another progression of her life. But then also we forget about Jim Gordon was a major part of that. So that's what kind of sucks sometimes for Gordon and Alfred is they kind of are in the peripheral, even though they're major characters in these plays. Hmm. So, But that's that's a good question. 
DC, you better get that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally, we have him as, uh, you know, in his relationship to, relationship to Damien, which I, I mean, is we see a lot of now. Um, I think you definitely see how he wants Damien to be a kid. Like, oh, yeah. Unfortunately, Damien was thrusted into this life from birth. Like, you know, True. being trained by the League of Assassins and all that stuff. Like, he's had all that training. He's never got to be a kid and and. Alfred's the one that constantly tells Bruce like he needs to do kid things. He needs to have yeah. friends. He needs to ha- socialize. Um, is he other than you know having to deprogram the League of Assassins stuff? Do you feel like he also is trying to show, uh, trying to make up for past mistakes, like with the other four kids in his uh, ward? I can definitely see that. Um, I think it's more yeah, like he's he's out there to save Damien's soul. You know, like he's probably like every day he makes Damien's bed, he puts a comic book there, or he puts a football in hopes that it's like do a kid thing. You yeah. Know? Like, oh, you know, Master Damien, have you called Master Jonathan? And, you know, <laughs> they go can hang you do out. a play date? You know, and so like I think he wants to I definitely mean, save that path that he's on. Obviously, we see Damien usually doesn't treat Alfred with the greatest of respect, but he also doesn't disrespect him. Yeah, that's true. Like he, he, he knows he, he, he thinks of Alfred as like, or the way he talks to him, he's like, "You're our family's servant." Like you would treat he treat, he would treat Ubu from you know the League of Assassins. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, out, Rachel, uh, Rachel Gould, from, yeah. yeah. But he knows that Alfred makes the rules. Like he knows that he's got to stay. He he that Alfred is the one person that can talk to his father and be like, "Hey." <laughs> the shit stops and it usually does stop. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that being said, we have our most recent story. Yeah, that's perfect dovetailing on that. I like that. <laughs> Where uh so I mean you you'll have to catch me up on the particulars, but what I what I gathered is that Thomas Wayne from this other dimension, this other timeline or whatever, right. has showed up and he has declared that no Bat family member is allowed to be in Gotham. Yes. And uh, the only person to defy that rule at this moment is Damien. Damien takes it upon himself. I can take out this Thomas, this imposter, this nobody. Yep. Uh, He gets into a rooftop fight with him. So spoilers for anybody that hasn't read Batman Batman 77, if I remember correctly. Batman 77, yeah. Um, He gets into a rooftop fight with him, gets knocked out, wakes up, tied to a chair, uh, Thomas, this Thomas Wayne says, "Look, I told you, I told you, people, no Bat family in Gotham, and this is what's going to happen. Like, you, I, I could have killed you, but I'm not going to because that's not going to teach you a lesson. This is going to happen." And as Damien is strapped to this chair, he looks up. Alfred is sitting there in front of him. Thomas Wayne snaps his neck. Alfred yeah. is dead. The issue ends right there. Yep. Okay. That's where we're at. That's- so we don't know what's going to happen next. Exactly. To me, I don't see DC actually killing off Alfred. I, oh, no. I think it's a big uh, smoke and mirrors magic trick to scare Damien, and then he's going to knock Damien back out, let him go, you know, off into uh, outside of city limits, and then Damien's going to have to go tell Bruce or whoever that, hey, Alfred is dead. Yeah, no, it's well. The, so one thing I did like actually reading the issue. So Damien is now in the place of Alfred. So okay. since Alfred is dead, it's like so. Since you came into Gotham City, I had to kill Alfred. Now you are the next hostage. Ah. So the next bad family that comes in, 
Damien will be killed. Oh. So that's like, it's like, oh, that's a very insidious plot. You know, yeah. like, holy crap, that's some, some dark, dark material there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't I don't fully believe that Alfred is dead. I don't think it's gonna be one of those like, oh well we kill him and we'll dip him in the Lazarus piss. No, I I think this is just it's smoke and mirrors, like yes. you said. Because I mean a Batman did this. Now, granted it's not our Batman, a Batman did this and he's not gonna be foolish enough. Now, yes, I know you could say, Well, but this is the Thomas Wayne one and killing is something he's okay with. Right. Sure. But at the same time, I think the larger company and Tom King aren't going to be like, yeah, let's kill, let's kill Alfred, you know, because I mean, you look I mean, at the shocking things that happened to him, like, okay, let's go back a writer. Let's go to Scott Snyder. Mm. And at the end of that story, like their last one with the Joker, you know, they had the Joker chop Alfred's hand off and it's just mysteriously back on. It's you know? okay, it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. Everything's perfectly dandy, you know? And, and so these things will happen. Um, well, there's three Jokers and there's also three Alfreds. I didn't, I'm surprised you didn't notice that. Yeah, right? No <laughs> kidding. <laughs> that makes total, total sense. <laughs> um, well, Scott Snyder's Batman was before Rebirth, wasn't it? And this well, yeah, is but it was the Rebirth. new 52 one. So right. it does hold continuity. But it also doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, we also have, we have six issues left of, of Tom King's Batman, right? 83 well, when he's off. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think 83 is the last one, and then they're going to do that Batman, Batman Catwoman, Catwoman miniseries. So that'll give us 12 more. So, I mean, the, the the overarching story isn't done. I think you're right, though. I think City of Bane, which is the arc we're currently in, I think that'll take us to some crazy heights. And then the Batman Catwoman will be more the fallout. Like, okay, now that we've saved Gotham City, everything's put back to normal. Where do we stand? And where does Batman stand with his family? And where does Batman stand with himself? Because I remember reading the issue, and I think that phrase came up, like, is this a good death? And that's been something like Tom King has put in Batman's mind since that rebirth issue. Right. You know, I was like, mother and father, I won't survive. So is this a good death? And yeah, like, you're right. That's deep. Yeah. You know? So I, I can see a lot of fallout there. But no, I, I, I don't believe Alfred's dead, especially with him getting a brand new show. Yeah. He's a very, he's a loved character. I mean, you know, it's, it's a shame that Marvel didn't capitalize on theirs with Jarvis. Right. Like they use the computer system and that's great. And, you know, I love the fact that, you know, Jarvis was portrayed by, uh, oh, I can't think of the actor's name, uh, oh, but he uh, became the vision. Uh, oh, Paul Bettany. There we go. Paul the, Bettany. The, the, the computer program Jarvis, yes. but there is the actual. And you're right. They're, they're, they do have a live action Alfred. Right. You saw him in Endgame when he, he and Howard Hughes meet up with uh, Tony Stark in the past when Tony's, you know, Tony gets to talk to Howard. Howard Potts. Howard, Howard Potts. Stark. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's the Jarvis there, but that Jarvis, that actor also played Jarvis in the Agent Carter TV show yes. that was on. So, it, you know, we have that version. You could, uh, you could say that Tony having an, uh, you know, some type of relationship with that Jarvis, the actual live Jarvis named the program after him. Oh yeah. No, there's definitely grounds for it to, to but set that, but yeah, Paul Bettany was great. Yes. Yeah. But it's a shame that we never got that, that real life Jarvis that is out there. Like, yeah. I'm sure the actor who did it for agent Carter did a great job. I just wish we could have seen that more in the, the big MCU, which brings me to the next thing we have. We know that Matt Reeves at this moment is working on the Batman for DC films. Um, 
we have another Batman, that means we're going to have another Alfred. So as of right now, Robert Pattinson, Pattinson is going to be playing Bruce Wayne Batman. Yes. Uh, I think he's, I'm going to say he's around mid to late 30s. Not Probably, exactly yeah. sure on his age. Where do you put in a uh, Alfred at, at that age? Like, who do you find? Who do you think? Like, the, I think the one of the best names I've seen so far is Steve Coogan. I think that would be a great Alfred. I recognize that name. Uh, Stephen Coogan. Okay, yeah, he he's kind of a comedic actor, right? Yeah, like did the, the sexy director Jesus that sexy Hamlet G, too? Yeah, yeah, Hamlet Two or uh, Tropic Thunder. He's the director. Oh, I don't know. I feel he's too goofy. <laughs> I just I feel he's too goofy. That's fair. That's yeah. absolutely fair. You know, honestly. I would still, I'd save Jeremy Irons. I'd be like, if you still want to play it, the role's yours. That's nice. You know, because it's like, I mean, they've done such amazing screen magic. Like they could easily take a couple years off of him, mm -hmm. dye his hair. And then that way it makes sense why there's the blip and, and things like that. I mean, I, I just, I guess I, like, it's funny. Jeremy Irons was a funny actor to me. When I was a kid, he was Scar. And I hated him. Oh, I you know what's funny <laughs> is that to me, I know I, I know a lot of people. He was Scar, uh -huh. but to me, he was uh, Hans Gruber's brother from Die Hard Three. That's right. So that one, that's and I forget what his first name is, but I just know he's Hans Gruber's brother. Yeah, but uh, he, he'll always be that that villain from Die Hard Three, and yep. and no matter what I see, but uh, yeah. and one that's the thing is he just he played these villains in our formative years. Yeah, and it was so hard to let go of it, and like. I, I think I didn't start respecting him. Like he played, he did his craft so well, so well that I didn't start respecting him until he became Alfred Pennyworth. Like, <laughs> oh, that's right. There's an actor. I guess I should appreciate the man. Um, but I, I'm intrigued by his Alfred. I want to see more. Like he's going to be one of the reasons why I'll watch that Watchmen TV show. Oh, that's right. He's however, playing Ozymandias. Yeah. However, yeah. it's going to be related to Watchmen, if and at all. But I definitely, I want to see more of him. And I think he would be great in that regard to to do more so i i that's where my vote goes i'd say keep jeremy irons let him play it out see how it goes because warner brothers is great at doing that it's like hey we're gonna sign you to this like six picture contract we're gonna make one movie and then we pay you for five to do nothing <laughs> so hey warner brothers if you're trying to save money there you go keep jeremy irons on <laughs> all right so we, we gave out uh, what our first first you know introductions to alfred we gave out some issues that you can read anything else you want to particularly say about Alfred Pennyworth uh, before we as we wrap up? So I would definitely say if you're out there and you're you're wanting more of Alfred, uh, Batman the Animated Series did a great job with him there as well. Mm. Uh, I think that was probably the best cartoon Alfred. Um, and then another story I would shout out: Injustice, uh, the Tom Taylor comic book series, and Bruno I forget his last name, but he took it over as well. Um, or Brian Brian something. Uh, they did a great job with Alfred there. Because if you ever go on online multi-websites, I, I had a great word, and then I stumbled. <laughs> but memes. Right, we'll just okay. Go there. But there's memes, and they're like, there was this one time where Alfred knocked out Superman. That comes from Injustice. That, that, yeah, that definitely does. And That's I, the world where they have the pills that give yep. ordinary humans almost superhuman power. Yeah, and I just I love the way Tom Taylor wrote Alfred in that series. Uh, early on, when Superman was first taking over, you know, as Superman comes to the cave and he's walking by and Alfred's like, oh, you know, hello, Master Kent, would you like something to drink? He's like, oh, no, thanks. And you don't have to call me master. And he's like, good, let's keep it that way. <laughs> and it's like, damn, Alfred can throw some daggers. And then later on, yeah, once the pill's created, you know, Batman, I don't think he got to it in time. 
So he and beat so up Superman Batman. beats the shit out of Batman, breaks his neck, like does the classic Bane slam. And then here comes Alfred and just beats the shit out of Superman. So it's like, regardless of the superpowers, because you could say, okay, Superman, Superman, they cancel out. You have a young Clark Kent versus an older Pennyworth. Right. But Pennyworth is like, dude, I was a soldier. I I'm, know how to like, fight. Yeah. yeah. And he does. He beats the shit out of Superman. And once he's done, he just grabs Bruce Wayne and flies off. And there's also the Batman uh, Earth One book where you see that's a, true. There's a another very there, cool yeah. battle worn uh, PTSD version of yeah. uh, Alfred too. That's right. And that comes that to check. from Jeff Johns, Jeff Johns and, and uh, Gary Frank. Gary they're, Frank, yeah, that's right. Oh, they're our, Batman. You, yeah, the Doomsday. Clock, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, there's supposed to be a third part. Supposed to be. Yeah, we'll see yeah, about that. Um, <laughs> but no, there's just a lot of great Alfred stories. Um, like I said, I, I have a fondness for that Nightwing Alfred Returns. I think that's a great story. The Justice series, like we mentioned, uh, Mitch mentioned the C, the Earth One books. Those are great as well. Um, go back, and like I said, you could easily find that Batman, The Untold Tales of the Dark Knight. That one does a great character study of everybody in the Batman Matthews and how it comes together during the Silver Age. Uh, but I mean, honestly, anytime you read a Batman comic, Alfred's always in there. He does a great job. Oh, and that's one I wanted to shout out to Judd Winnick when he was writing the Batman comic. So Grant Morrison took over, and I think Grant Morrison gave Alfred a great voice as well. When he kills Batman, so then you had the Batman books break off into whatever. I didn't really follow the detective, but I did read Batman and Robin by Grant Morrison, and I read Batman by Judd Winnick. And I would say Judd Winnick's Alfred was great. Like, I really appreciated that. Alfred, that, or go ahead. I was going to say, that's, the, that's an Alfred dealing with uh, dealing Dick with the, Grayson as, yeah, as, as Batman. Batman. But even then, before that, before Dick takes on the mantle, Dick and Alfred are scrambling to make it look like Batman's still alive. That's right. And I just thought Alfred just really held it all together. And he understood that there was more to legacy, because that's when finally he kind of does talk to Dick, and it's like, it's not the fact that Bruce has died, it's the fact that Batman has to live. And I thought that was just so cool. So there were some great moments there. All right. If you have an opinion on Alfred or any one of the iterations of him that you've seen so far or read so far, or if you're if you're interested or you're have you been watching Pennyworth or do you have a pick for uh, Matt Reeves Alfred, we'd love to hear from it. Check uh, check me out on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia G E M G E M stands for Geekly Media. Chris can also be found on Twitter at I'm on Twitter as stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D. You also check out his writings online at Oh yes, yeah. So I, I do some writings over at Adventures in Poor Taste. So I do a couple of comic book reviews. So this week I was lucky enough to review uh, Deceased: A Good Day to Die. So check out the comic. You can skip my review. I don't mind this time. But check out the comic. <laughs> um, the rest of Geekly Media is at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, GeeklyMedia.com. Until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.